listening to the Ed Reach Network. Ed Gamer Advisor on EdReach. Top five-ish digital creation tools. Ed Gamer is part of the EdReach Network. EdReach.us, giving education a voice. A big voice. This show is dedicated to educational gaming on any platform. Ed Gamer Advisor is your gaming guide in small doses. We will focus on one topic that you can easily use within your classroom. My name is Jerry James, and I'm a visual arts teacher in Schaumburg, Illinois. My name is Zach Gilbert, and I'm your host. I'm a sixth grade social studies language arts teacher from Normal, Illinois. Jerry, you got a little—it's uh, it, not a little list. It's—we <laughs> tried to do a top five, and tried now to it's do turned the top into a five. It couldn't, yeah. couldn't be done. And actually, this and, is probably the top twenty. Right, and it's a top five-ish five digital ish. creation tools. Right. And we're kind of connecting these back to, you know, educational games. But these are tools that a teacher uh, could show their students, and the students can can start creating some games or adding to some of the games. Now, I know we've talked about there are specific digital creation tools for making games, but you are what? What is your background, and why are these tools important to you? Well, I've got. I've got two full numbers in this top five-ish list that would deal specifically with games. Um, and in a lot of these programs, you will find in in every um, game creation warehouse, uh, they're just used for different things depending on what you're doing. So we like to have students... What I tried to do when I sat down here is I tried to break it down into the types of programs a student would need to know because that's what I'm really big on right now. Um, the concept of or teaching kids the concept of a program instead of teaching them the program because these change so rapidly and uh, when you leave my school you might find a college preference that uses a different family or you might um, go to uh, you know if, if you get a really high-end job even if you're just starting in that company they usually design their own programs so being able to teach kids programs is phenomenal but uh, really doesn't leave them with the skills they need. They need to understand the concepts of the program. And this is, you, you teach high school, I so do. high school digital arts, so it's geared towards that. I know these are some things here that I could use in junior high, and then it's probably even less when you get into elementary. So let's start off with the uh, your numbering system here. <laughs> okay, I started at zero, because one is, um, zero is, is probably the most important part of all of this. And it's probably the part that people get caught up on more than anything. So our other uh, digital arts computer teacher, Jackie Setapani, that I work with, she did an amazing job uh, two years ago when we had to put together a giant package of what we wanted our computer lab to look like. Um, so my zero, before you even get started on this list, is the right computer lab. Because so many of these programs have free versions, uh, trial versions that you can use, all kinds of other versions. But if you don't start with them in the right computer lab, you're going to end up uh, running out of running out of memory, running out of um, space. It, it's just it's not going to work well unless you have the right computer lab. So by the right computer lab, my preference is Mac computers. Um, I have seen companies that will go both ways before. Um, I don't think you find as many companies that do do PC only, but traditionally Mac computer labs seem to work the best. We have the new iMacs with the ginormous monitors uh which are fantastic you know whenever you do how big um <clears throat> i think we have the 21 is it 21 or 24 okay it's one of those that, two 
That's pretty nice. Yes. And you know what? It's key, though. You have to be able to see all these things. It's not really just a preference. It's it's more of a, of a necessity. Um, and then Wacom tablets, which are those little things you usually see next to you know computers. Some people might have seen them before but not known what they were called. They're those little things that you can use the pens with to uh, really get you know your artist touch into the screen. Transfers what you're drawing into what's on the screen. And it's not only for drawing anymore. They make it accessible for almost every program where um, you can turn up or down. You know, it's almost like shortcuts with your hand. You know, you can control sliders and things like that very delicately as opposed to, um, you know, using some kind of a key control. So, And how, how do you pronounce that? Uh, people say it different ways, but I believe <laughs> Wacom is the uh, – some people say Wacom. Yeah. But, uh, I believe Wacom is, is the correct way. Sockam and Wacom. Sockam okay. and Wacom. All right. So we finally move on to one. And <clears throat> one is the master of all – all artistic programs, which is the, the industry standard, the thing that has been turned into a, a million different versions, um, and that's Adobe Photoshop. So there's Adobe Photoshop and the Creative Suite. Uh, my school invests in the Suite, which gives you a, a lot of programs. Um, suite building is kind of becoming the, like the, the new big thing. They're realizing that a lot of people, as opposed to, and this is kind of a Mac thing, when Mac started out with their iLife series, you know, they sold you a program that would do everything. Um, if a lot of these places, so I've got even three on here. Um, another one by Pixelogic, another one by Autodesk. These are all family suites that'll that'll get you to an endpoint and get you a lot of extra help beyond the way by using their series of programs. You know, something that's that sometimes people will frown upon because they like using little bits here and little bits there of different types of programs. Um, but you know, the Adobe suite's pretty unbeatable. Uh, it's pretty industry standard Photoshop illustrator. Um, I love their bridge program. One thing that unfortunately, 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 unfortunately gets left out of a lot of the, the Adobe suites is Adobe Lightroom, which is a great editing program for, uh, <clears throat> specifically for photography much much better than something like iPhoto um, I personally iPhoto is a, a fine program uh, much like iMovie is but there are a lot of freeware programs now I mean there's a million photo editing programs out there on the web that are totally free including photoshop.com which you can use but the original program itself Photoshop probably a must something you'll find on everybody's computer everywhere and it's a beast. It is. And actually, you know what? It does more than you would ever want to do with oh, it. It's, I know a small percentage, and I can do a lot with it. Uh, but it's also a, a resource hog. Yeah, yeah. So you do need that. You need a good computer that can run it. Yeah, all these are. And especially when you start jumping into movies, um, you know, they, they thought about transitioning us over to the, the regular network inside our school. Um, and I said, wait till we do movies and you get all those movies on that network. You are going to – it would just crash it. You know, you would you would hate us because of the, the amount that it would <laughs> slow it down. So um, we did start on our own our own network through just our, our computer lab, which is something else I would recommend. Okay, so number two, we go from uh, the photo stuff to – From image editing to movie editing. This is my number one most important thing that I think students need to learn, and I think all students need to learn it. Um, I kind of progressed it as we get more 
detailed down this list, it gets more art specific. But these first two, I think every kid should have a background in Photoshop. I think every kid should have some kind of background in um, digital editing, editing of photographs. And I think every kid should have some background in uh, movie making. So obviously I'm biased, but I think uh, I think these things are important. There's there's tons of if you look at, you know, I just did a one to one proposal and it had to be in movie form. There's even scholarships now that are requesting, you know, small movies, one to two minute movies. So students understanding how to put those together and how for that to be a creative medium. I think that's I think that's moving fast. I think it started to blow up a little bit in the past. And now I think it's going to be even bigger um, because uh, of how easy it is to create these things. So Final Cut Pro, something put out by Apple. Amazing sets of effects, things you can do with it. iMovie, Movie Maker, basic programs. But um, Final Cut Pro, so much better to work with. Okay, so number three. Okay, so here's where we start the uh, 3D editing, and this gets into game creation. So I use two different types of uh, families, the Autodesk suites, which includes uh, Maya, 3D Studio Max, uh, Mudbox, and a Motion Builder. Really nice package to put together all kinds of things, whether you want to work in film editing, um, animation, or whether you want to work in game animation. And basically, essentially what you're doing is you're creating and modeling creatures, you're painting the outside of them, and then you're exporting them or getting them ready to uh, work in some kind of an animation program. So that's that's how we go through. That's how we actually tie it back into art. And uh, the class that I'm working on creating is something where it starts you're physically drawing these things with hand. You learn more about, you know, drawing humans, drawing animals, and and drawing movements. And then you work into these computer programs, things like ZBrush, um, and uh, some of these these uh, like Maya or 3D Studio Max. You learn how to create these 3D models, and then you learn how to create them with well rendered outsides. So that's always helpful. Yeah, having well rendered outsides. Well rendered outsides. So once you once you get uh, once you get all that created, um, <clears throat> you need to find a way to put it into uh, you need to find a game engine. And right now, the best one that I've found for absolutely zero cost is Unity Game Engine, and that's what we're creating. We're creating terrains in Unity Game Engine. Kind of took over for a program called Bryce, which we used to have, which was not as effective. Just made these really kind of generic backgrounds. Um, Unity Game Engine is fantastic, and the nice part is because it incorporates a lot of the uh, the scripting that goes into it, so that you can, you know, not only put somebody inside a world, but you can control the things that they're doing. So, Unity Game Engine has been one of the things we're working with right now, and it has just been crazy. Um, really, really cool program. Uh, and then, so beyond that, uh, some sound editing software, something you always want to add, even if you're doing a game or if you're doing a film, or if you're doing any kind of creative installation. GarageBand works. It's a good program, great program. I like it. Um, if you want to take that step up, Avid makes Pro Tools. They actually make education suites. They make professional suites. They make all kinds of good stuff. Um, <clears throat> Pro Tools, really, really powerful recording program. That is the top of the line that you will find studios use. Obviously, not the suite for students, but you will find um, them using very high-end programs. So I know a simple one that's used a lot within schools for sound editing, especially on PCs, is Audacity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's something you haven't messed with, but that's what I do the podcast on, okay. and it's it's a nice little program. I think it's a good introduction. And like you said, you're not it's not it's not the specific program. It's the type of skills that you use in the program that can transfer over. So if somebody's messed with Audacity, 
they would have a general idea with GarageBand. Yeah, and this goes the same thing to to movie editing to image editing. Um, there are programs that will that will that will get you started that you can understand. You know, Avid's Pro Tools again is going to be like a resource sucker. You know, that's a it's a massive program that you can multi-track record on and seriously edit some of that stuff. So if you're not looking for something that's going to you know, take up that much of the system, then then sure, something like Audacity or GarageBand, any kind of sound editing software will, would be good for you. Okay, so number six, kind of going in a, in a little different direction. Yeah, number six, um, again, something that I think that would be great for any classroom is uh, some kind of a journaling or research keeping program. Obviously, um, we do all this fantastic work. We do all this awesome stuff in visual arts classrooms, but, uh, you know, when we talk about assessment, one of the most important ways that you can see is to see kids' thought process. So um, a real simple sketchbook-type program, one made by Corel, like Painter or Draw. Um, and then uh, I've been using Pento for the iPad. Um, I know a lot of people that are really into Evernote, which is nice because you can share notebooks, which is something that I think Pento was lacking at the point when, when we were looking into them. Um, so just basically something to allow kids to record their creative process, and then hopefully share that creative process. Uh, which and you, as a teacher, can you know can assess, assess that, that creative track. process. Yeah. Yes. Um, which kind of rolls into number seven, which is some kind of a way to display this. So whether you um, you know build your own websites, sometimes schools offer this. You can build simple Google websites. Um, Jive is what we're using to display, um, and that's kind of a virtual world. Um, it gives it's a, a display option for virtual worlds. Hosting. Hosting option for virtual. Thank you. <laughs> for virtual worlds, um, put on through Reaction Grid. We're using that for our Unity, um, our Unity games. So a, any kind of way that you can uh, get students to get this all this wonderful creation stuff that they've done to the outside world because the coolest thing in the world is having a you know this fantastic movie or this fantastic video game but then not being able to share it with anyone you know that stinks so that would, that's horrible yeah so finding a way to get it out there that's that's the best thing you can do okay well that's that's a lot of information but i i i think this is going to be quite helpful and those listeners out there your thoughts good bad ugly what you know does Jerry know what the heck he's talking about? Probably not. Probably not. <laughs> okay. So if you if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, uh, send that to edgamer at edreach.us or on Twitter at edgamer. Thank you for listening to this week's Edgamer Advisor. Please follow us on edreach.us and also follow all the great podcasts and blog posts on the Edreach Network. Have a great week.